Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Seabass of WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. This episode originally recorded on Wednesday afternoon. This show presented by The Well Coffee House, a Nashville area coffee house that provides fresh roast coffee along with house-made pastries, breakfast, and lunch offerings. There are four locations to serve you in the Nashville area. Those are Brentwood, Green Hills, Downtown, and Bellevue. You can find more information at wellcoffeehouse.org, The Well Coffee House, where coffee changes lives. We thank our co-presenting sponsor, Wellspire, Nashville's Learning and Development Center, located in the Gulch. The news is presented by our friends at Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, call Taylor or Russell at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Vanderbilt takes on South Carolina in its final men's home basketball game Saturday, 1130 Central at Memorial Gym. As for baseball, three games in L.A. this weekend, Friday at UCLA, Uh, Saturday at USC and Sunday with TCU. Those games are at 8, 4, and noon central, respectively. Our guest line presented by Bowling Branch started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. Had no clue how comfortable Bowling Branch sheets were until I got them. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them for a month. You can return them for free, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to BowlingBranch.com. That's spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code Vandy and get $50 off your first set of sheets. Seabass joins us for the podcast today as he does... Most Wednesdays in this ever increasingly strange 2020. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. And you know what? You're right. This has been a weird beginning to this year. No question about it. But uh, I'm doing well, man. Just uh, thinking about all our folks there in the 615, man. What a crazy two days it's been. Yeah. And I think I talked about this on one of the shows. We were not near the damage. Our family lives in the Franklin area kind of around the Cool Springs part, right where Cool Springs and Franklin, I guess, meet, if there is such an official delineation. But it was nowhere near us. It's just really weird. I have not been up into Nashville since all the stuff hit. I will be going up into Nashville on Thursday. And just what I saw on TV was heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild. You know, I was actually in Germantown on Friday, looking around, you know, just us at, a, at an intersection, I was looking around thinking, God, how far this place has come and just, you know, and how crowded it was and how, but how neat it would be to live there. And I mean, who would have known three days later, you, you, you know what I mean? I mean, you're sitting there, you can't possibly picture that, but uh, man, it, as bad as it was, could have been so much worse. Holy smokes. I had cousins who went to Donaldson Christian Academy and that school is no more. Would that not be weird if you're high school? I mean, because it's not just a high school, it's a, I think it's a K through 12 maybe, but just think that's this weird one day that like your high school is there and the next day that's just gone. I want to have, they said what they're going to do. I don't know. I've not watched the news much the last couple of days. Of course I had the flu for three days. I'm still, 
I think I'm mostly over it, but it just it wore me out where my energy level is not where it needs to be. And not that I'm complaining when you when you have the flu, you know, on one hand and people are getting their houses destroyed, it's another. But um, th- that's kind of why I was I was nyquiled up the night all the stuff hit here. And so I woke up through the sun, the thunderstorms and got back to sleep a little while later. I had no idea about the tornadoes. And then since then, I've been dealing with that. Now it's kind of going around the family a little bit and trying to get caught up with work. So um, I've not been as plugged into that as maybe I normally would just because of those things. Well, you know, it was interesting uh, to see the quote uh, by Coach Stackhouse uh, talking about how the the, the, the players, you know, weren't quite sure what they're going to be coming home to. Of course, remember they were in Alabama well, when this happened, but uh, they said they weren't sure what they were coming home to. Uh, but I, I just, you know, I, I thought it was really cool. You know, they get their first road win um, in what, since 2018, I think it was the, the season finale of 2018 to get their first road win and kind of, you know, say this is for the folks there in Nashville. And it was just uh, uh it was a lot of fun to watch that game last night. And I don't want to hear anything about, you know, Petty not being in there. We didn't have a niece Uh That was a team that was fighting for its bubble life. And, and the, and the, and the fellas came through strong, right, Chris? I mean, that was, that was an impressive performance. And I got to tell you every single day that goes by, I've become more and more of a fan of saving Lee. And I was thinking about this today. Um, you know, I, 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 I sort of mentioned something like this a couple of podcasts ago, but I was thinking about it. What if, you know, because these are all guys who played for Vanderbilt within the last two years. But just think if, if somehow you could run out a lineup of uh, of Simi, Darius Garland, Scotty Pippen Jr., Aaron Neesmith, and Saban Lee. And all, all five of those guys played for the Commodores in the past calendar year. I hate I mean, to keep bringing that. this up, but... Okay, Holy this was smoke. this was about two years ago. This time they win that Ole Miss game. If you say to one of us at that point that they're not going to win another SEC road game for two more years, I mean, would you not have thought that was just crazy? Well, you think it was almost impossible, you know, especially with some of the players that they had and some of the the excitement that was boiling around that program. But, you know, last night was good, man. I, uh, it, it was good to see the hard work pay off and, you know, and it was good to see the fella smile and see coach Stackhouse smiling and, and giving saving love after the game. But man, I'll tell you what, there's just not many more exciting players in this league with the basketball in their hands than saving Lee, you know, and you know, he still has another year to go. I mean, how far up the ladder can he get Chris? I'm going to give you some perspective on the game last night. Um, We had a school holiday. My parents had been over to help me watch the kids. And they left, and I had about two hours till my wife got home from work. And, again, I'm just – the flu is just beating me down. I'm I'm getting better, but I'm just – it's – the energy level is nowhere near where it needs to be. And I've seen – I just figured going into last night, they're going to lose that game, okay? And so I kind of handed it off to David Sis to see if he could cover it because I was finishing up the baseball game. And uh, I was literally thinking of just going to sleep at halftime and maybe watching it today. And I thought that Saban's performance was so compelling. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to just stay up and give this a shot just, just to see what he can do tonight because he was having that kind of night. And I was even thinking, like, 
if I was just watching this game and I just stumbled on it with no rooting interest or anything like that, no particular reason to watch the game, I just thought the way that he played was compelling reason enough to tune in because you don't see many performances like that one. Mm-mm. No. And every time, you know, every time that Alabama, you know, countered with an answer and actually even took the lead for there for a second, you thought, okay, well, I've, I've read this book before. I've seen this movie. Here we go. Now, now they fold. And he just wouldn't let them. He just flat wouldn't let them. He'd come back and just stick a step back three or drive to the bucket and put, put up some kind of crazy shot. But if we lose the focus and say, just concentrate on that 38 points, that would be selling him way short because he had a couple of monster defensive plays as well. I mean, his, what was the last two, 34 and 38 uh, point games? I'm going to ask you a question. Is that 38 the most points? that Saban Lee will ever score in a Commodore uniform. Yeah. He'll never top that. I mean, how many people have topped it in the history of the school? Like, what, two? Two or three? I mean, Shane Foster Mm -hmm. beat it. Tom Hagen beat it. I think maybe maybe Clyde Lee did it. I think Clyde Lee holds the record for um, points by Commodore in a road game. So, I mean, that's like fourth. I mean, odds are nobody would beat it. I don't care if you're Neesmith or Saban Lee or who you are. Well, you know, I, I think the one thing that gives them a chance, Chris, is that, I mean, if they're going to compete in a game and they're going to win, especially in a back and forth, I think he has to. He has to keep shooting. You know, I mean, I, I know Pippen uh, can, can get hot too, but if we're talking about racking up points, I mean, he's clearly the guy and there's not really, there really isn't another guy and it doesn't really matter that the other team knows that's not going to stop him from driving. It's not going to stop him from shooting. And because he's having success at doing both, it makes it very difficult to clamp down on both. You know, if you know that this guy can stick from 24, you know, you have to respect that, but he's so fast that he can blow by you too. So one-on-one uh, becomes very difficult. He's not going to stop shooting, nor should he. Um, so those other guys, I get all that, but I think the situation dictates that he takes this amount of shots. And so that's why, look, I, 38's a lot, and he probably never will. But, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised he's back next year. You know, one of these games, he uncorks a 40. I wonder two things. First of all, I wonder how high up he's going to go on draft radars. I think, and I just did a podcast with Mitch. You and I, the one we're doing will probably air Friday, and I'll air the one with Will Purdue on Thursday. I did that one on Tuesday, so I'm a little messed up in my sequence from everything right now. But I think Mitch and I talked about this. I did a little checking in the NBA this morning. I don't think he's a significant draft prospect yet. I think they still need to see more. I'm not saying that he couldn't get picked. So I don't know how much of a threat the NBA is, but I do wonder how far along he is in his coursework. Because I do wonder if he couldn't get picked off and maybe go somewhere else for next year. I don't know how um, how far along he would be if he wanted to transfer out, but I do wonder about that a little bit. Because it would be easier, I think, to do what he needs to do on a team where he's not getting, you know, double and triple team like he's going to be next year. Well, there, there is that, but there's also another way to look at that. It becomes a situation where maybe you get less showcased on a team where you don't have to do things like that. 
You know, I mean, at the conference, he's in, he's in a legit conference. He's going to get his shots. I mean, honestly, Chris, the truth is, plus he's familiar with the system and the team, the, the, the truth is there's not a better place for him to showcase than where he's at right now. I don't know. It just depends. I mean, because if you can pick your spot and you got 352 landing spots, I don't know how you can say that. Because, Chris, I mean, think about, okay, what are you going to do? Okay, are you going to go to a team that's much better? Uh, that has other scoring options where you don't, because remember something, he stays. And what is he going to be next year, Chris? A senior. You know how hard it is for a senior to climb draft boards in an NBA draft? It's damn near impossible. They don't draft seniors. They certainly don't draft them in the first round. You know, so if, 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 if we're talking about that, I mean, the best place for him to showcase himself is right where he's at right now. He's going to get the ball. He is the guy. There, this time next year, he would be the guy. You can't say that somewhere else. Not for sure. Well, the and system, it's still at a, at a competitive level. I, I, there's no way I'd leave. If, 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 that's, if that's the goal, there's – so what? Okay, let's say he leaves and goes to, uh, you know, Illinois State or something like that, you, you, you know. Yeah, and he might be the guy there. Yeah, maybe so. But he's already the guy here in a system he's familiar with and that he's quite successful in. The wins, this isn't about whether or not we win games or not. He can't. I don't see how he's going to showcase himself and have the ball and the opportunities more uh, somewhere else than he has right here at Vanderbilt. You can't convince me of that. Okay, how much do you think winning is important to him? I don't, I, well, I would hope very important. You know, uh, I, I want that. It should be very important to everyone. Uh, there, there's, there's no question about that. But at the same time, what are we talking about? Are we talking about him trying to improve draft, draft status? Or are we trying to, to, you know, make it to the NCAA tournament? Well, that's why I you say know, it's, because, it's up to him because, look, okay, he's doing fine in this system right now, but there's also no margin for error. And I, I would think that you'd like, a little bit more room to work. I mean, I, look, I mean, if Saban Lee hits free agent what, what market today. What do you mean by a little more room? Well, I mean, look, he gets the ball on the block last night. He gets triple teamed. That's not going to happen at most other places he goes. I mean, I, I would have to assume that if that kid hits the open market today, he can play anywhere he wants. Oh, well, there's no question about that. But like I said, you put him in a bigger program and he's splitting with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores who are also draft prospects and he's cutting his exposure down. I mean, I, you know, nobody's going to be impressed because he goes to, you know, said power five school uh, that is, is, is balling out and he averages 13 points a game. That's wonderful. That's great. He's a senior. He's got to be able to showcase and, you know, he may be get doubled and, and sometimes tripled, but look what happened. He hangs up 38 points. His, his offensive, the more he gets the ball, the better he's doing right now. And he's never going to get the ball more than where he's getting it right now here in Nashville. He's just not. Well, Scotty Pippen was pretty good at times in that game, too. Yeah, but Scotty Pippen is – he he makes – if you're defending him, He's such a stop and start and, and accelerate and decelerate and recelerate and, 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 and move with both hands and up and under. He makes you prepare for so many different things 
You know what I mean? And he's not afraid. The dribble drive, he's not afraid of it. He's not afraid to attack against a bigger defender. Uh, and, and, and he'll get him up in the air and get him confused. He's got a bag full of tricks. There, there, there's, there's no question about that. He's, his, his offensive game is only going to get better. You know, I, I think I really like Scotty Pippen. I think he's improved a whole heck of a lot, but I mean, I think that he adds, he's got a bad, uh, uh, his, his arsenal, the, his bag is, is, is loaded. I mean, it, there, there's kids who, you know, remembering that he's a true freshman that, that don't learn some of the stuff that he has right now till they're upperclassmen, you know, so, I mean, does he have room for improvement? Sure. No, no question. Not a pilot finished product by any stretch, but, but what he's working with, I'll say this to you. Uh, he, this is so much more than just having the last name Pippen. He is, he is, he is much better than I expected, Chris. He's much better than when we started the season off. I mean, much, I mean, he's as improved. He made a, as big a leap from the beginning of this year to where he's at now, as I've seen a door make in a while. You know, I wonder if he's getting worn down with all the minutes because he missed a couple of foul shots late last night. He's not a great foul shooter, but he's not a bad one either. That's a couple games now where they've had trouble closing out with him at the line. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think it's in his head a little bit uh, because he's, I mean, it's not like he's got some kind of herky motion or shoots one-handed or granny shots or something like that. I mean, he's got nice rotation on his shot. It just, I mean, and he's... When he's missing, Chris, what's he doing? I mean, it's, it's hitting the rim, going around, popping out. It's not like he's just dog hitting it off the back of the back of the backboard. It's just it it just hasn't been going down. But uh, you know, he keeps repeating that motion. He'll work his way out of that. I I'm confident of that. He's got a nice release. Gets a lot of air under his shot. I'm sure you've noticed that. I mean, like a lot. Uh, but it but it's what he does. Changing the subject. Finally got to practice for football since the last time we spoke. Saw your guy, Ken Seals. Uh, I know better than to put too much stock into one practice where they're not tackling and all those things, but I will say I came away impressed with the skill set. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, he, he and Wright both, I, like I told you last week, I think we've got to have at least one of these two we're going to hit on. But, I mean, I just think he shows a physical and just an overall level of maturity at the position for for a cat his age, you know, and he, he doesn't seem like a guy that like the, like it's too big for him and he wants this. And uh, the skill set's there. I mean, is he a perfect is he a perfect prospect? No, there's no such thing. But, but uh for a true freshman coming in, you know, who was sitting at home a couple months ago in Texas uh, to come in and now at least be the number one guy right now on an SEC football team. That's a lot on his shoulders, but uh, I think the makeup is there and I, I think he's got an opportunity and, you know, I, it's look, there's a zillion questions, but uh, that's one of the things that I'm probably the most excited about 2020 is seeing his emergence or whoever's emergence it is at the quarterback position, because it's, it's going to be imperative that we have somebody who can lead this team, especially until that offensive line can get reconstructed and put back together. Yeah. The question I had was the arm strength. Was it going to be good yeah. enough at this level? And look, it's not Jay Cutler, but it's better than I thought. And certainly with, I think, what appears to be some pretty good accuracy, it's certainly good enough if you pair all those things together. Especially if you were to take, uh, let's say, the last 10 years worth of true freshman quarterbacks uh, that have come in, put him in that exact same position, I would think that he would be near the top for you. 
Yeah, I'm thinking of guys that right off first few practices as true freshmen that I liked better. I can't really think of anybody. I mean, I don't remember. I guess Cutler came in before I was covering, so I wasn't there for that. You know, I like Walters. I mean, I, I guess this is fair to mention, okay? I liked Alan Walters a lot two years ago when he came in, too. And that didn't materialize into anything, so fair warning. But I have a feeling that this one's not going to well, end the way that one did. Yeah, because, I mean, what if we're talking physical makeup, okay, but I, I think it's the other stuff that they would be very different. Yeah, I think that's fair. The Musa kid has got a strong enough arm, too. The accuracy is where I have some issues. Again, small sample size, but, um, you know, he, he threw a dart from the near hash where I was sitting about 20 yards down the field to the other sideline. Uh, they put it right where he wanted to, but some of the other throws that he made weren't as, you know, they did the lack accuracy compared to that one. Now, look, that's a, a weird way to say it uh, because just about anything would lack accuracy compared to that one. But I'm just saying I didn't see it as consistently across the board as I wanted to. And, of course, he's got that knee issue, too. That's very right. much hampering yeah, him. 100%. So I don't know how that affects you know his ability to plan and to step into throws and things like that, too. But uh, that was just what I saw. You know, and again, remember that this position has four brand-new quarterbacks at it next year. You know, when in, in fall camp, you have four brand new quarterbacks in the system. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some some learning curves. But but just like I said last week, I mean, I, especially from the two true freshmen, I, I, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take what we have coming in. And, and if we're going to be in this position, I, I, I like what we have to work with. Given the, because look, no matter what happens, we're getting a brand new starter. No matter what happens, uh, who who was not on this roster last year, who was playing for someone else somewhere else on a different level, uh, so that that's going to be the case for first, second, and third team. Whatever, whoever ends up getting it, I'm just saying that you know some of the makeup that we have uh, out of these cats. You know, Danny Clark is a big, strong dude. Yeah, you know, with a monster arm. You know, Musa is another dude with a big arm. And then, of course, the mobility of Wright and just the overall stuff of, of Seals kind of hypes me up a little bit. Well, they may need four quarterbacks for that offensive line. My goodness, they are thin okay. between the guards. <laughs> yeah. it, well, and frankly, yeah. you know, they got two tackles that have played, and then what? We don't know. Well, now, you know, Sean did say, and I thought this was pretty good. I, I think someone asked him uh the the chances uh, one to ten of getting the the, the Rutgers center, uh, and I think he put it at an eight out of ten, feeling pretty good about that, and that this is a pretty decent young man. Of course, we haven't seen the 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 the, the young man transferring from Michigan either. You know, there could be a couple of pieces on here that you're not seeing right now that could be a part of that rotation next year. That could, you know, I'm not calling them uh, award winners or anything like that, but could definitely enhance the depth and maybe overall uh, uh, overall ability of this offensive line. That, no, that we're that's, not seeing that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause to, think about this two key additions, uh, especially if they were starters to this offensive line, that's 40% of your starting offensive line. That would go a long way into helping things out. You know, looking back, of course, I guess you didn't have reason to do it at the time. But if they could have changed offensive line coaches a year earlier, I think that would have helped a lot. Just the less, the further this went along, the less I thought of Norcross. And I don't know that, maybe 
Devin Cochran was going to leave anyway. Uh, and I'm not sure Derek Mason um, wasn't at fault there some. I don't know all the details, but um, I don't know. I wonder. I, I wonder is, is. between between recruiting and being able to retain their best player, if they make a change a year ago, how much that helps them. Here's a question for you: bigger loss to the 2020 team, Keyshawn Vaughn or Devin Cochran? Um, I'm going to go Vaughn just because Vaughn's one of the best players I've ever seen there. Of course, that's sort of a in a way, a silly choice, but it's a fun because he's graduated and you can play that for any team anywhere. But you know, I guess Cochran, is it fair to say Cochran would have been their best returning player? Well, if it wasn't him, I don't know who you would say. That's the thing. I don't when I look at this team and I try to identify all SEC candidates, I just don't know who they'd be anywhere. Because of the position that Dial plays, that's you know, I mean, he's a good football player. There's no question about that. But there's some daddies out there uh, at the LSUs and the Auburns and Alabamas of the world. Uh, but he's a very good football player. But as far from an all-conference type of side of things. Uh, well, let, let's hang on a minute. He was preseason second or third team last year. So I guess it's him because at least he's I been there. It has to be him. Yeah, it has, yeah, it to, has be. to be him. There's, there, there wouldn't I don't, be anybody else. Tell me this. Do you ever remember a team at this point of the spring at Vanderbilt? Like, even some of Vanderbilt's just awful teams. Okay, you had a Cutler. You had a Chris Gaines or a DeMond Winston or, or a Boo Mitchell Man, or somebody. <laughs> like, you always, even they're just teams that were just dastardly, you know, just disastrous. Um you always had like that one identifiable identifiable guy somewhere, and I just don't see it on yeah. this team. It's weird. But but you know what? But you know what though, Chris? Here's what I could counter that with. Yes, that's true. But a lot of those teams that you're talking about also had, especially in the skill positions, they just just not no receivers at all uh, uh, of any kind. No, I, I remember there were times. I, I remember when our best running back, and, and and no offense or anything like that, but like at, at one time our best running back was Alvin Duke. You know, he, we just had no skill position players whatsoever. We have some. We have we have some underclassmen with, with some real talent. You know, we have the entire defense returning for whatever that means. That's that could be good. That could be bad, uh, for the most part. And you know, I, I, again. I don't think you can underscore how important it is to bring a guy like Ted Roof in. That is such a monster upgrade. You know, I mean, look, you have to have the horses here. We all understand that. But from an off-season stuff, uh, except for, like, losing Devin Cochran, I mean, it hasn't exactly been a horrible off-season so far. I, I, I don't hate the signing class. Uh, we've got a, a true freshman in coming in right now, getting the reps that he needs because he could end up being the starting quarterback. We got an overhaul, a positive overhaul of the coaching staff. I, I mean, I you know we could be worse off. Is all I'm saying. When is the next realistic year they have a shot? If everything goes right, to get back to a bowl. There's no way to answer that because I don't know what any of these young off these offensive linemen are going to be, you know. 
Uh, I mean, because and then so until that gets fixed, we are we we're not going to be a good football team until we get the offensive line fixed. I, I think you would agree with that, no matter what all this other stuff says. Uh, but I mean, if we hit on everything, I mean, I've you know probably two three years. You know, I I think that you know we've, we've Derek Mason has not recruited terribly. He hasn't. There hasn't been a whole lot of, you know, player development, but maybe this is where, you know, itch and, and roof and guys like that come in, you know, I mean, I, so that's all you got to go on. There's, there, there's, uh, that's the only way you can pr- uh, do any prospecting that way is, 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 is just by potential. Uh, but until that, the offensive line has so far to go that I don't even know how to answer that. Yeah, what you have to do at Vandy is have one of those years where you're really stacked with juniors and seniors along your starting units and your backup places. Like, you have seen this in the past. Like, you go back to the late 70s or some of the teams, like Woody's team. Woody had some awful teams, but he also had that team that almost got to a bowl. That's when it lines up. It just seems like they're kind of – they're back in that stage again to where – Okay, you kind of start looking for when you have a bunch of juniors and seniors starting, uh, and then that's your hope that if everything goes right, you win five or six. And, um, you know, that's kind of where they're getting with the defense, but now they've reset on offense. So I don't know when that all well, comes together again. Well, and they need to again. hit. Yeah, I know. They need to hit on these transfer portals. You can't have, like, the Carrier Williams and the Watkins and, you know, and, and – and the transfer portal needs to be Vanderbilt's friend. Now it was not their friend this time by losing uh, Devin. I mean that 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 really hurt them. But uh, you know they need to be able to. The transfer portal is 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 it's not an equalizer for Vanderbilt, but it certainly helps. You know because the, because the built-in dis, uh, recruiting disadvantage is not to mention an athletic department that hasn't exactly done its part. Uh, so the transfer portal has to really you don't you, you can't build your team on it. That's one thing I used to hate about the University of Memphis is they uh, you know half their classes were junior college and you can't stabilize that way. There's no way, but you do fill in the necessary holes. You know, and until you can get some of these cats built up, so they have to take advantage of that transfer portal and get something meaningful outside of punters and stuff like that. They need they need to to be able to hit on that effect effectively. They you know they just do, and if they can, you know, it allows some of these other cats to not be thrust into a situation when they're simply not ready. But we don't have anybody else, so you know they need to be able to plug in and play them right away, and they need to have two or three of those every year get that come in ready to start and be effective. I'm glad you said that because thank you. The transfer portal now that I think about it, that was something we thought could really help him. It's been pretty underwhelming. I mean, I'm going to guess that in this new era of transfer eligibility, their most impactful transfer has probably been Parker Tomei, who's a punter. So, I don't know that it's really helped them all that much. Uh him and uh and 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 to and not that the dude showed out, but he did find what was the young man's name? I'm very sorry. Louis Vecchio uh, from from yeah, Louis Vecchio yeah. from Penn. But he was yeah, a, Vecchio, like you know, a fringe like a kind of a sometime starter on the defensive line. He had that really yeah. good game against Arkansas. We had the pick and I think had a couple other big plays, but that's been really it. Uh, you know, LaShawn Paulino Ball, he um, of course I know he's not uh, with them now he 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 made a few plays but we need we need guys that are transferring in and making a difference you can get two or three of those a year and that's probably lofty especially because as you pointed out we really haven't 
hit on much of any. Uh, but if they can at least get two a year, you know, come in and, and start and, and just stabilize things. They're not meant to put anybody over the top. We're not getting over the top. Uh, but they can stabilize, uh, you know, some things until other cats develop. I, I don't I don't think that's impossible. You know, I, I don't because we're not going to recruit with Alabama and Tennessee and Florida and Georgia and South Carolina and LSU and Auburn. <laughs> I mean, listen to that. You hear that. That's not possible. Um, so this has to be our way. It has to be our way. Either that or uh, or Derek Mason become the king dog daddy of player development. You know, if th- and again, this is the SEC. That's probably not going to happen. Uh, so this has to be our avenue. We have to be aggressive in it. And and you now see, like we've taken a couple that honestly, Chris, you and I both know. I mean, I know. I think they were just looking for warm bodies. That can't be the answer. You can't bring people in here that you know can't compete at this level. That really weren't oh, unless they were utterly dominant where they were. You know, but you can't take people just for the sake of taking people. You know, yeah, I understand practice reps and all that, but I mean, you can't put people out there, you know, that aren't, you know, that may be decent enough to possibly crack the starting lineup in, a, in an FCS team and bring them here to the Southeastern Conference and ask them to block LSU. You know, block Georgia. The next week, you got Florida. I think I blocked them in South Carolina. You know, I, I'm going to ask some guy who's maybe playing at Fordham uh, to to block Javon Kinlaw. Come on, no, that's not that's not reality. So, uh, they if they're going to use them, they got to use them with people that they know can compete at this level. And they a lot of those haven't really been able to do that yet. My friend, I think I pushed you beyond the window of time you, you had already. So let's wrap this up. Tell people where they can find your shows. Yeah, you can find my show at 101.5 in Jackson, Tennessee, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Cheap Seats Bass, my friend. Thanks, my man. You're welcome. He is Seabass. I'm Chris Lee, the host of the Vandy Sports Podcast. We appreciate you listening. Check back for more episodes coming your way next week.